want to ask you to take God's Word with me tonight and turn to the New Testament book of Luke, if you would. Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. We'll look together at one of my favorite accounts recorded for us. In the book of Luke, I love Luke's record of the gospel. Luke uh, was a physician, we're told. And you can tell by the way that he writes. He was very meticulous in the way that he records things. He records things differently than Matthew, Mark, and John. And uh, he records things, perhaps things, uh, little details that others didn't quite see or that they didn't record. And I love the way that he writes. We believe he's the same author of the book of Acts. And it's amazing as you look at the book of Acts, you find him recording the journey of the Lord Jesus and his apostles. And then somewhere along the line, the narrative changes. He writes from looking outside of the the equation as an observer and then he includes himself halfway through the book of Acts and we recognize he began to join them on their journeys. Quite a remarkable thing. And much of what we have here is Luke recording what has been given to him, retold to him by the apostles who walk with Jesus. Very special. Look at it with me please. Luke chapter 7. I want to share something that's been on my heart in recent days and I trust will be a help to you this evening. Luke chapter 7, we'll begin reading in verse number 36. I want you to do your best to listen as, as much as you possibly can. Luke 7, beginning in verse number 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold... A woman in the city, which was a sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee, which had bidden or invited him, saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly or freely forgave them both. Tell me therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house, and thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears, and wiped them with the hairs of her head. 
Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore, I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveness that forgiveth sins also? And he said unto the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. Would you pray with me? Let's pray that God would speak to us from this passage of Scripture tonight. Heavenly Father, we ask of thee this evening to help us to see as we should see. Help us to see ourselves as we ought to. Help us to see Christ as we ought to. And help us to see one another as the Lord Jesus sees us. Guide us now, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I really love this story. It's a true story. I love it because this record shows us a little bit more about the heart of Jesus. You can imagine the, the story. It's a, it's a real event. It really took place. One of the Pharisees invited Jesus to his house for a meal. Now we know that there are many Pharisees. The scriptures tell us that. That there are when them or when they, that's what the scriptures say, uh, when the Pharisee, when the one who had invited him saw it. So there are, there are many there. But we're given the name of the one who invited him. His name was Simon. And Simon invited Jesus into his home. Here was a religious group of people who invited Jesus to come into their home. They invited Jesus into their religious gathering. And everything was okay. There they were, religious good upstanding citizens those who kept the law they were really good people at least they thought they were and they wanted Jesus they'd heard much about him and maybe seen many miracles they wanted him to get in on their party I'm afraid that that's really what most churches are like today we just want Jesus to get in on our party Sometimes, if we're not careful, we're nothing more than a bunch of religious people getting together, thinking we're better than everybody else, and we invite Jesus to come in and get in on our party. And everything was okay until a certain woman walked in. It's an amazing story. It's true, a true story. It's an amazing, here you can imagine where this house of religious men Jesus had accepted their invitation to come. By the way, Jesus didn't come to hang out with the religious people. He came because he knew what he was going to do that night. And as they were all gathered there, a particular woman walks in to the room, into the house. The Bible says, a woman in the city. Some have interpreted it to mean a woman of the city. 
if you know what I mean. Regardless of what her past was, we do not particularly know in this account, and many have assumed by looking at other accounts that are very similar, that perhaps this was a, was a very notorious sinner, a woman who was lewd in her behavior. But the Bible says, regardless, she was known by all the city to be a sinner. Everybody knew her. Wherever she went, she was known to be a sinner. She had a reputation. It's interesting, when she walked into the room, there were two separate audiences. Jesus and the Pharisees. Two separate, not just audiences, but two separate perspectives. Two different ways of looking at the woman. And I want to examine this text tonight. There are two phrases that stick out in my mind. Verse 44, Jesus says to Simon, Seest thou this woman? Do you see this woman? You know the story. She walks in. She begins to wash Jesus' feet with her tears, wipes him with the hair on her head, kisses his feet. And all of those religious people get very uncomfortable. In fact, they begin to say inside of their own hearts and minds, they're bothered that Jesus would let this sinner, this wicked, unclean person even touch her. Now he reads their minds. He's God. He knows what they're thinking. And he gives a little parable and deals with the issue at hand. Two audiences, two different ways of looking at her. The other phrase that sticks out in my mind is the phrase that the man was thinking. What manner of woman this is? What kind of a woman this is? Now we're told she was a notorious sinner, a woman with a reputation. Reputations are very hard to shake with people, aren't they? Once a reputation is given, it's very hard to get away from it. Very hard to get out from underneath of it. Once you establish a good or a bad, well, a good reputation is very easy to lose. A bad reputation is very hard, very difficult to lose. And here's a woman with a bad reputation. And because of that reputation, everybody views her a particular way. Now, this is the woman. Everybody knew her. Everybody knew what she had done. Everybody viewed her a particular way. But I love this story because when she found out that Jesus was in Simon's house, she went to where he was. And she didn't care who else was there. Now here's a woman who would never go around these people because she knew the way that they looked at her. She knew that they knew what she had been up to and she knew that they looked down on her, that they judged her, that they condemned her. She would in no way in her right mind ever go into Simon's house uninvited. Here she comes. Never invited. Never asked. She knew she wasn't welcome there with those people. But she believed that she would be welcome with Jesus. I wonder tonight, would you look this way? Do you believe that? Do you believe that in spite of all you've ever done, in spite of all your brokenness, in spite of all your sin, or as a friend has recently said, in spite of all of your messiness, do you believe that you are welcome in the presence of Jesus? She did. And she came to Him. She came. She came in spite of what man thought of her. It's interesting to me, every once in a while, we let what people think of us put us off, don't we? 
somebody says something to us or somebody looks at us a certain way and we say, I'm never going back to that church again. Well, hold on just a moment. I'm not going because of what you think of me. And I hope you're not coming because of what other people think of you. I hope you go like this woman, regardless of what anybody else in the house thinks. I'm going because that's where Jesus is, and I got to get near to him. She came. Look what else the Bible says. The scripture says she came when she knew that Jesus was there at the Pharisee's house. She came and she brought an alabaster box of ointment. I love this thought. Here's a picture. She was showing to Jesus Christ and anybody else who cared to see, she was showing that by bringing that box, she was bringing all she had and all she was to Jesus. When she brought that box, which we understand from other scriptures, was very costly, very valuable. She was, she was explaining, displaying that she was bringing all she had and all she was. Ugliness, messiness, and all. In fact, you could say she recognized that even if there was something valuable, like that alabaster box, it was nothing. She brought it to him. I wonder tonight, have you brought yourself to Christ? Have you brought all that you are and all that you have? I'm talking about all of your ugliness as well, all of your sin, all of those things that, that embarrass you, that if people in this tent tonight were to know, you would want to run a million miles away from here. Have you brought all of that to Jesus? The scriptures tell us in verse 38 that she stood at his feet behind him. That shows me that she was humbled. She was humbled. She didn't come in a religious dress and gown, and she didn't come like the Pharisees and sit next to the Pharisees with all of her religious conversation and talk. She did not even think she was worthy to look at his face. She stood behind him. She didn't come trying to explain herself, trying to justify herself. She didn't come trying to have a one-on-one, face-to-face conversation with Jesus to convince him of how worthy she was. She came at his feet, at the lowest part of his body, and she stood behind him. I wonder tonight, have you ever been humbled by your sin? Or do you still think that you deserve God? Or do you still think that you're on the same level with Jesus? That's the way these Pharisees looked at him. He's a good teacher, but hey, I'm a pretty good teacher myself. That's what many of them thought. Not this woman. She felt herself to be unworthy. And her body language displayed that to be true. You ever met somebody who There's nothing worse than pride except false humility. Pride is ugly enough as it is, but false humility is even worse when you try to act humble so that people think you're better than you really are. This woman wasn't playing. She stood behind him at his feet. And the Bible says she was weeping. Now there's a series of words here that describe what this woman was doing She began weeping, and as the tears fell from her face, by the way, not just a couple of tears, but like somebody turned a tap on. You ever been with somebody who was weeping, really weeping? I'm talking about they were filling up handkerchief after handkerchief 
with tears. You could have wrung out their tears in a bathtub, that kind of a weeping. The Bible said she began to weep, and then she began to wash his feet with her tears. Can you imagine? As the tears fell from her face, she was obviously at his feet. And she let those tears fall on his feet. And then she took her hair. She was bringing all of herself, all of her pain, and all of her brokenness, and all of her sinfulness. And she was pouring it all out at the feet of Jesus. And she must have believed that he would have her, or else she'd never been there. She must have believed that there was something in this man that would never turn her away, like every other man in that city did, unless they wanted to use her poured out her tears and began to take her hair and to wipe, wash his feet with her tears and wipe those tears off of his feet with her hair. And then the scriptures say not only that, but she began to kiss his feet and anointed his feet with the ointment. Now, do you know it was practice, common practice in those days that when a visitor came, you would anoint them, anoint their head, not their feet. You would offer them water to wash their feet, but you wouldn't usually wash their feet yourself unless you were a servant. And you would offer some oil of anointment for the head, but not for the feet. And here's a woman who never moved above his feet because she never felt herself worthy to go any higher. She knew who she was. She knew what she had done. And she knew who he was. Now this is what everybody saw. Everybody in the room saw it, and everybody was uncomfortable, except Jesus. Everyone was uncomfortable. Now, there's two different reactions to this. The Bible gives us the first one, Simon's reaction, the Pharisee. When the Pharisee, which had invited him, Simon, when he saw it, he spake inside of himself. He began talking to himself, and he said, This man, if he really was a prophet, he would have known who... And what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. It disgusted this man that this woman was in his house, first of all, and that this man would let this woman touch him. And in his mind, he began to realize, he began to think to himself, this man, maybe he's not really from God, or else he'd never let such a wicked sinner touch him. The problem was the Pharisees never really knew God. And they never understood the Messiah. They never understood his character. They never understood his behavior. They never understood why he came. They thought that he was coming for them, the religious people. He knew, Jesus knew he was coming for the broken, for the sinner. Everything she did in Simon's eyes was seen through her past. Everything she did, the washing of his feet, the tears, the kneeling there, all of that was, was marred because all, they couldn't get past her sin. They couldn't get past her reputation. Have you ever been like that? Have you ever been so judgmental? Have you ever been so condemning and so critical that you couldn't see someone, you couldn't see anything good in them because all you could see was their sin? That's the way many people look at people today. That's the way that many Christians, so-called Christians, look at people today. I wonder if you do. 
But Jesus looked at her differently. And I want to spend the rest of our time thinking about that. Jesus saw this woman very differently. And Jesus says to Simon, I've got something to say to you. And now you can just about imagine Simon sat there with his legs crossed and his arms folded, looking through squinted eyes. And Jesus said, Simon, maybe perked up, his thoughts are interrupted, calls him by name. Simon, I've got something to say to you. And tonight, if you are this kind of a person, this kind of a hypocrite, this kind of a judgmental, critical person that can never look at someone except by looking at their sins, then Jesus calls your name tonight. Calls you by name. And he says, Derek, whoever you might be, put your name in the blank. I've got something to say to you. And then he tells a very short parable. Listen to it. A very short story. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. He had lent money to two people. The one owed the man 500 pence, the other owed 50. Here's the, here's the little story. There was a very wealthy man who would lend his money out to people and they would pay him back with interest. So he gave 500 pence to one man and he lent 50 to another. And they were meant to pay it back. But listen to what it says. When they had nothing to pay, he frankly or freely forgave them both. Tell me, which one of them was going to love him the most? Can you imagine? Imagine these couple of lads here. Let's imagine Micah owed me 500 pence and Adam owed me 50 pence. And the boys, no matter how hard they worked, no matter how hard they tried, they just couldn't pay it back. In fact, they found themselves getting deeper and deeper into debt. And the scriptures say, finally, the creditor said, you know what, fellas, forget about it. You don't have to pay it. I freely forgive you. I don't need anything back. And then he says, which one do you think is going to love him more? And Simon answers, well, I suppose, he says, the one to whom he forgave the most. That makes sense, doesn't it? If I owed a million pounds and you only owed ten pounds and we both got forgiven, you might say, ah, ten pounds wasn't so big of a deal. But a million pounds, you say, wow, I love him. He's changed my life. He set me free. He paid a debt that I could never, never pay. Marvelous. And so Simon was able to understand the parable. And Jesus says, you have rightly judged. And then he turns to the woman and he says, Simon, do you see this woman? Now the problem wasn't that Simon didn't see the woman. He saw her. He saw her. The problem was he didn't see her the way he should see her. That's the problem. I entered into thy house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss. But this woman, since the time I came in, has not stopped to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Do you know what Jesus was doing? He said, do you see this woman? Do you see yourself? One of the greatest problems with people who are critical and judgmental of others is that they don't see themselves. 
Oh, they have no problem seeing the faults and the sins in other people, but they don't see themselves, who they really are. This woman was not worried about the Pharisees. This woman was not concerned about everybody looking at her. She was worried about one thing that was her and her Lord. But the Pharisee had no thought of himself. In fact, he was too busy judging her and there, therefore judging the Savior that he never even thought about himself. And then Jesus says this, Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. You know what the problem was? This man didn't think he needed to be forgiven very much. He didn't see himself as a bad man. He didn't see himself as a sinner. Oh, he'd never say that about himself. Maybe like Adolf Hitler, that's a sinner. Or maybe like Putin, someone may say, that's a sinner. But not me, I haven't done anything like that. I've never murdered anybody, I've never hurt anybody, I've, oh, that's not me. I'm not that bad of a person. And Jesus was saying, the truth is, you're just as bad, you just don't see it. One of the hardest things in the world is to get, is to get somebody lost. You know what I mean by that? One of the hardest things in the world, before someone can ever be saved, before someone can ever be born again, they must first be lost. They must recognize that they need to be saved. You ever seen somebody, maybe you're like this, sometimes men, we can be like this, sometimes we can be lost like a goose in a hailstorm and never want to admit it. Sometimes we can be so lost while we're driving down some back roads and we think we know where we're going, perfectly convinced we know where we're going, and the wife would be saying, why don't you just turn on the sat-nav, please? Oh, I know exactly where we are. And you don't know where you are, but you're too proud to admit it. Lost and you don't even realize it. That's the way most people are today. Lost and they don't even realize it. Like this man. You see, Jesus took a situation where all of the attention was on the woman, and he turns it to everybody in the room. And he compares the two. And I wonder tonight, have you ever been brought to the place where you yourself have seen your sin and seen your brokenness and seen your messiness so that you, like this woman, fall to your knees at the feet of Jesus, not worthy to look at him, like the man who went to the temple to pray and he beat upon his chest and he wouldn't even lift his eyes to heaven and he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. 